Alright, if you've been hanging out with us any at all, you know that I'm about to get you right back up here in just a second. But before we do that, uh, I just want to kind of lay the groundwork for tonight. Alright, first of all, thanks for walking through the door. Man, and if you walk through the door and if it really is your first time and, and, and you're really not sure who this bunch is that you're hanging out with, let me just kind of give you a brief overview, alright? It's a bunch of folks that have said, you know what, and, and it's a combination. Let me push pause on that just for a second. It's a combination of folks that have, that have dialed in. They've realized that Jesus is who He says He is and that therefore that makes me who Jesus says I am. That's a big deal. It's a big difference because a lot of times we go into this self-talk where there's this self-condemnation and if Jesus were sitting right there, and which by the way He is, He's in all of us. You know, we learned that last week, right? 1 Corinthians 6, 19 said, You're the holy temple of God. He's in you. <laughs> and so, so many times, we'll have these conversations with ourselves that if we did picture Jesus sitting there with us and we ask the question, would Jesus say that? And the answer is always no. And so what our heart is, is that we just want to help each other learn how to not do that as often. So if you're ever around someone who says, hey, I don't ever do that again, you better run just as fast as you can. Because it's just sometimes in our nature to kind of whip ourselves. And I'm learning how to do it less and less and less and less and less. And man, there's joy and joy and joy and joy and joy. And it just makes us skip through life. Right, Yaya? And so I love skipping through life with y'all. Got a new shirt on? Y'all like it? <laughs> Walt, you, you like the shirt? I don't think Walt likes the shirt. I don't think he likes it. But I loved what was on the tag. First time I ever bought a shirt that was Toad and Company. I don't know what all that means. It was 50% off where I bought it, so I thought that to be a good deal. It said this on the tag, and I thought, I went, wow, I'm going to share that with everyone. It said, when, you're on, when, when you put the shirt on, if you don't get a response to your shirt from the first three people that meet you, you can send it back. <laughs> I went, I'm in. 40% off, 50% off, and it says if I don't get a remark after it, the first three, when well, my son-in-law walks in and he blew that one for me, he said, hey, I like the shirt. <laughs> I was wanting to get a few wears out of it. Send her back. <laughs> but I love this, and I just noticed this when I walked in, and, and this is where you get to get up and hug a neck. It says on the very end of this tag, it says, keep good company. Man, live, I'm in it. I'm in it right now, and you are too. So, man, get up and hug a neck, and then we'll get cranked up. Hey, welcome home. How's it going? Turkey. I got a background. 
God, we just, uh, Lord, just can't thank you enough for another beautiful day mm. in your creation, uh, Lord, which includes people. And thank you so much for uh, bringing everybody here tonight uh, to share in each other's lives and to, Lord, hopefully reinforce that we're not in this alone. Mm. Yes, we have you, but we need, we need folks as well. And uh, Lord, I just ask your blessings on each person here. Ask your blessings on Mike as he brings your word to us, Lord. May we just stuff our bellies full of what you have him to say and uh, just be with us this week and may everybody know that this is just an hour and a half here but we've got opportunities out the wazoo the rest of the week lord to show the world who you are mm. and uh, thank you for that it's in christ's name we pray amen amen, amen. amen. thank you john <laughs> yeah i love it reminds me of that super bowl commercial the What's wrong with him? He's got money out of the wazoo. That was crazy. All right. Um, man, most of the time, if you uh, ever go into a particular barn, now for first-timers, when you hear me say barn, I'm talking about a, a structure that has set itself up, typically has a steeple on it. It's labeled church. I just call those worship barns. So right now, this is our barn, okay? But the thing is, is that we're reminding folks that the most important barn is your address, your home. And then the next one is if you go to school somewhere or to work. Because we're seeing statistically and percentage-wise, that's where you spend more time than anything. This time here is great and it feeds us and it, it encourages us to go back out. But it's only .004% of your week. Whereas when you work and sleep, that's 
And so our heart is that to help encourage you in that 25% or 23% that we're Him wherever we go. Because that's just what I keep seeing. And this right here may may push some folks if you've been in this thing called Christendom for a while. Because I can remember the first time when my eyes were opened up to it. I was just like, wow, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That's so foreign from what I've been taught. Now, gang, here's my hope. Is that after tonight, you'll be so hungry to go back and read 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. It's 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. We're going to plow through it. But I want you to read it and digest it for yourself. I want the Holy Spirit of the Him within you to determine how He wants you to flow. Don't take just Bivo's word for it, okay? Y'all ready to have a little fun? It's going to be crazy. Oh, I really have. You know, most I would think that most folks wouldn't really want to talk about giving. I've been stinking excited about talking about this because we're about to cut you loose. I'm hoping that we'll so cut you loose that you that you you get rid of the box. You do like Jordan said years ago. He said, man, God just came in and He just kicked my box out of here and I can't find it anymore. Praise God. You cannot put God in a box. He will not go into your box. And so hopefully we'll get rid of yours tonight. All right? Here's a few things. We're not going to spend much time on. Here's a few things that I want to slay just right out of the gate. How many of us have ever been asked to fill out a pledge card? Yeah. How much fun was that? Well, that was exciting, right? Yeah. And, and so the thing is, is that what I want you to start thinking about right out of the gate is here's some things. Think about your giving at Christmas time. Why do you give at Christmas time? Because it's fun. Feels good. Fun, feels good. What else? Some it is expected. Better bring me something. What else? You see the positives that are in that? So my heart tonight is that your giving, your, your mindset on giving would be like Christmas all the time. So here's a few things that you can get out of your vocabulary. 10%. How many folks have ever been told 10%? How many folks right now are living on that 10% in, their, in the way that they want to give? Some kind of sort of. Some are going, boy, I ain't raising my hand on that one. <laughs> No way am I touching that. Bivo will be coming up after me looking for me. Slay that. Get rid of it. Get it gone. Tithe. How many of you have been told to tithe? Pay your tithe. Who are you paying? And for what? Tenth means a tenth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's well said because we're not going to turn God into a slot machine. Okay, you can get rid of those. Second Peter, you don't have to go there. Second Peter two or First Peter two. It says that we're we're the royal priesthood. All of you. How many of you have said yes to Jesus? You have direct access to Him, and so therefore the old system. Now there was in the old system 
there was a system that was set up where if you were following the law, if you were Jewish, if you were the chosen people that God said, I want you, so God would say, I want you, this bunch, to show the world that you love me and here's how I want you to do it. And oh, by the way, if you don't do all that stuff the way that I want you to, it's going to be bad. And part of that was that they set the system up with money, and it really would feel like what our tax system is today. And so they would set up part 10%. Now, quite honestly, what they did is that everything was 10%, which if you wanted to play that game, it added up to a, to a percentage of over 23% of their income. And part of that went to the Levites. Levites would be our modern-day pastors, reverends, uh, paid personnel. Okay? That's an okay thing if you want to participate in that. But gang, how many of you just said that you said yes to Jesus? You're a pastor. Are you getting paid? Anyone? I'm not. Anyone else? It's okay if you are. But that's the old system. Christ came to fulfill the law, not abolish it. So in His fulfillment, when you said yes to Him, therefore He gives you direct access to God through your yes to Jesus. Therefore, is no more need for a priest to go to and confess your whatever to. You've got direct access and you say, Lord, thank you for making me who you say I am. And that is forgiven, redeemed, and clean as a whistle. Amen. Amen. I think the word even says blameless. Yeah, that's worth clapping for. And so what about now? What, what are we supposed to do? You don't have to do a thing. Jesus talks about tithe in the New Testament. And every time He talks about it, these words are after it. And now He's talking. He's talking to the Pharisees who kept, they were, they, were, they were the best at keeping the law. The strictest. So He's talking to the Pharisees. He's talking to the religious leaders. And He's talking to the teachers of the law. And every time when they bring this up, He says, yes, go ahead and tithe. Give your 10%. However, this is what you ignore every time. You ignore justice and loving God. Because see, when you go back to it, the reason that the tithe was set up in the old was to take care of widows, orphans, and strangers. And strangers included in that group, homeless. That's why it was set up. In Deuteronomy, if you look in there long enough, they were told to... Uh, harvest their fields in circles so that the corners would be left for those that didn't have money to buy a field. And they could come in and harvest food for themselves. And so what we're going to do is teach you what's your field. What corner of your field do you want to have available for those to get that good feeling and that zeal? You ready? All right, let's keep going. 2 Corinthians, I do want you to open up the book for this. 2 Corinthians, chapter 8. Gang, if you hear anything at all, hear this. You see this? 
with our little bucket. I love our bucket. Because when, when the realization hit me is that you never have to put a thing in here. Ever. It's empty. And you're going to find out why it's empty. But if you start to check out on me, hear this. You never have to put a thing in this. Okay? And here's why. Second Corinthians 8. And this is Paul. He was one of the Pharisees. He was one of the guys that, that Jesus would have been talking to. He was one of the guys that made sure that you kept the law. And so now Paul is, is talking to, he's writing a letter to a people in Corinth. They would look a lot like us, very cosmopolitan. The socioeconomic was all over the place. They, it was just, it really would look a whole lot like us, okay? And so now he's talking to them, and Paul is going, uh, Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in His kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. Quick time out. By this time, we had started getting, when I say we, our brothers and sisters, we as folks that love Jesus Christ, were starting to get kicked out of temples. We initially met in temples, but we started getting kicked out because the religious leaders, the folks, the Pharisees, the Sadducees started to see this momentum that Christians were gathering, and we weren't even called that in this day. You were either called a, 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 those that followed the way, and doesn't that make sense because Jesus referred to himself, I am the way, the truth. And so many times we just say those words and we really don't know why we say them. That's why Jesus said it. Follow me. I'm the way. Go ahead and give, but you're ignoring loving me and justice. And so he's reminding them because most of the people in Macedonia would have been meeting in their homes. So think about having your collection time in your home. No, verse 2. They are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor. Actually, they were starving. But they are also filled with abundant joy which has overflowed in rich generosity. What's that word mean, generosity? When you hear that, what do you think of? Giving. Giving? What else? Giving with a happy heart. Yeah, happy heart. Anyone else? Giving more than what you needed. Amen. It's openness of heart manifesting itself into giving. Openness of heart is generosity. Verse 3, For I can testify that they, he's talking about the Macedonians, and he's really trying to get the, the folks in Corinth, he's getting them razzed up. They gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it of their what, gang? Free Alright, some translations probably have freely, willing, entirely on their own, of one's own accord. Who's in charge there? Verse 4. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. Quick time out here. you got to remember, gang, that when you first started following this cat named Jesus, it wasn't the cool thing to do. If you were a Jewish person that had been following the law to the letter, and now you're saying that you're going to follow Jesus Christ, and the things that you weren't eating, now you're eating, this is just one small example, they were on you. So think about just for a second, whatever it is that you think keeps you in line with God. 
What's your thing that you think keeps you in line with God? And if you stopped doing that, that would be in the same bucket as this bunch. Because see, Jesus is the only thing that keeps you in line with God. It's Jesus. Always will be Jesus. You can't do or not do something to keep you out of the grace of Jesus Christ. Verse 5. Oh, just to finish that story on the folks in Jerusalem, they probably lost their jobs when they started saying, hey, I love Jesus. (laughs) You what? You love who? You're following Jesus Christ? Oh, I'll go down here to Bill. He sells bread. He don't love Jesus. It happened, gang. And the folks in Macedonia begged to give. Verse 5, they even did more than we had hoped. Boy, there's expectation. Thanks, Paul, for letting me jump in your boat with you. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. To give means to bestow a gift. How do you give yourself to the Lord, gang? If someone were to come up to you and said, hey, uh, you know what? I'm in. I want to give myself to the Lord. How do I do that? What would you tell them? Welcome. Hmm? Welcome. Welcome in. You just did. If you want to, then you are. And so now let's start walking. And don't start laying a whole bunch of things on them for them to do. What's going on with you? Just start asking the questions. What's going on with you right now? Why do you want to follow the Lord? What does that mean to you? Don't tell them what it starts meaning to you. Find out where they are and then start walking them. Jesus was great at asking questions when people were asking Him questions. Okay? means to supply, furnish necessary things. Verse 6, So we have urged Titus who encouraged your giving in the first place to return to you and encourage you to finish the ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love for us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. Let me skip down to verse 11. Now, you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. Quick time out, all right? I want you to think for some of the folks that have walked through some halls in the past, you don't have to speak these out, but if you want to, we can, we can have a little fun with it if we want to. What have been some of the reasons why we don't give? Now, this is the big body of Christ. We are part of the big body game. We are part of the big body. We have millions upon millions of brothers and sisters. Why do you think, and we can even pretend, we can pretend like we're talking about someone else. Why do you think folks don't want to give to entities that look like this? What do you think some of those reasons are? Misuse of funds. Misuse of funds. Very good. Pressure. Pressure. Yep. Put you on a guilt trip if you don't. Yep. Fear, guilt. My government misuse the fund, but it's also no use of funds. Yeah, no use. Yep. So who. It's not really helping us. I mean, there's this mentality there. Yeah. 
It's the unknown, isn't it? And it kind of makes all of us, it makes all of us feel out of control. Now, remember, we said a couple of weeks ago, we said people, I said people like change, and everybody went, no, 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 we don't like change. And I went, yes, 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 you really do. You just want to be in control of the change. <laughs> right? I didn't wear the, I, I got a new shirt. We love it too. Thank you. That's change. <laughs> right? Do you see the difference than when we said Christmas Day giving versus that type of giving? There's this earnestness. There's this willingness. There's this heart that's open, which we just found out is generosity. So think about those moments in your life and moments and areas in your life that you feel great in giving yourself first. I don't care about the money. I want you. I want what's ticking in here. Because when we get that, when God gets that, it all takes care of itself. Heart open. We sang a song last week. Arms up, heart, what is it, heart abandoned? Gosh. Have we ever just totally abandoned our heart to anyone, including God? And I'm standing before you and say I have moments but then I go, wait a minute, Lord, come on. Is, it, is anyone else in this boat with me? Yes. Thanks. <laughs> Stroke, the skullman here. Or you think that the time that you give or the things that you give don't count? Yeah. And I'll give all this, but they don't really count what God would count for. Yeah. Because it wasn't a dollar, it wasn't 10%. You would take it to the right place. Yeah, it's a heart. Let's finish up here. I love this one. Verse 12. Whatever you give is acceptable. How? If you give it in what way? And give according to what you have and not what you don't have. That word also means zeal. It's just a spirit of yes roaring through you. There's no pledge cards in that. There's no commitment cards in that. Verse 13, of course, I don't mean your giving should make life easy for others and hard for yourselves. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. A lot of times we just want to throw money at it and then be gone. And what I'm asking us and what you're doing, gang, as I'm looking around the room, there's a whole lot of you that are doing this, is that you're attaching your heart first to the person, then the money's way down the path. And so many times what I learned early is that let me just throw cash at it and then I can walk away from it hoping that I'll feel better. But the times that I feel better is when my heart's attached to the person and just start living life with them. Because the first change that happens is in me. Verse 14, right now you have plenty and can help those who are in need. Later they will have plenty and can share with you when you need it. In this way, things will be equal. Skip over to uh, chapter 9, just a couple of these, and we've got to start wrapping it up. This is in verse 7. Who's in the, who's in the driver's seat here? It says, you must decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. We just heard that one, didn't we? Guilt? 
So if there's something that's driving you to a bucket or to someone that's passing the plate around and there's some kind of guilt attached to it, I'm asking you to have the Him within you to stop and to pray through that big time and saying, Lord, what is this? Lord, I know this isn't of you. You're not of guilt and shame. So who am I trying to raise over you in this moment? Okay? For God loves a person who gives how? Everybody sounded so mundane on that. Cheerfully. Heard that before. And then the next couple of weeks when we were running low, here came the whip. Started getting whooped. We weren't meeting budget. <laughs> Here's the why. Gang, let me start wrapping it up. Here's the wine. Verse 12. Two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in... And, I, and I'm going to... This says Jerusalem. I'm just going to say Murfreesboro. This is where we live. This is our Jerusalem. Okay? The needs of the believers in Murfreesboro will be met. And they will joyfully express their thanks... To who? Ah. And there's so many times Bivo wants the old, hey, thanks, Bivo. And I find it's more rich when we give anonymously. Because that's all they have to give glory to is God. And what if it's someone that's been on the fence about whether or not this God's for real? How will they ever know that He's for real unless they see Him alive in us? And they don't have to see you, but they can sure see the result of Him roaring in your heart. Right? That's why I know that I'm in good company with y'all. Because I see you do it. Verse 13, As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. says it again, for your generosity, which he's saying, your open heart to them, your open heart to them and all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And so here's the interesting thing, gang, is as you start to digest and process this throughout the week, is that Paul describes himself this way. Paul is the fellow that has written these letters. And remember, he's part of the Pharisees. He's part of the, of the group that kept the law to the strictest degree. And here's how he describes himself. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. You don't have to go there. I am pure-blooded citizen of Israel and member of the tribe of Benjamin. A real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees. Man, it would be interesting if he was ever... In those conversations. That's a whole other thing. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. And what he's saying is that his acceptance to God was based on how well he performed the law. And he says it very boldly, I was without fault. And yet he still had a Damascus Road experience. And went down on his knees and knew that everything that he had been doing was nothing but filthy rags compared to the amazing grace of Jesus Christ, the one who emptied out the tomb for him and us. 
So he couldn't help but give himself to others and to everyone that he came in contact with. And here's the other thing as we really do finish this thing up. Is that knowing that that man knew the law better than anybody else, and he wrote these letters to this people, why did he not ever mention a tenth or a tithe or a storehouse? And all he mentions is give yourself first. Be cheerful according to what you have. Don't make it easy. Give whatever with zeal. There are no tax write-offs. He didn't really say that. <laughs> he, he, didn't, he didn't say that in case anybody's wondering. You get to decide. The hymn within gets to decide because what happens is open hearts, open hands. They get you moving. Father, in the name of Jesus, I am thankful that I am in good company with a bunch of people that get this and understand it and know it and teach me daily what that looks like to give earnestly. And Father, it's their hearts. I'm not talking about money right now. I really don't care. So Father, you know that's the reason why we set this place up with no paid personnel. Father, you know that right now our only, our only real expense is this room. And it's $175 a week. Father, and so for next week, I want people to hear this and so they can go ahead and be praying. Next week, Lord, we're going to huddle everyone up. And I don't know how much is in the bucket, but it may be $3,000. And we're going to group everyone up in different groups and we're going to spill that out so they can go spill that out into the streets of tangible needs. Father, we're going to be the first century church. We're going to be just like the Macedonians who are begging to give. Not to us, Father. It's not going to stay within this group. Some may benefit from it. But Lord, we're so stinking thankful that we get to be the hands and feet of You every day, starting in our homes, Lord, at work, and in our schools. So it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.